Get to sleep when you're dead. Let's hit the rolling. We're inside two minutes. Win or lose. Join us on Climbing the Pockets, the final score. Side. Well, we still haven't hit the two-minute warning. Now we hit it. We're at the two-minute warning, and Jonas Stark over from Germany is joining us this evening. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. I would say good morning because it's 6 a.m. here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's very good to have football back again. And... Uh, yeah, um, I didn't know. I was just a little bit surprised to see the Vikings backed up against their own end zone because I didn't see what happened. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was uh, a couple of sacks and a deflected pass. Right. Yeah, uh, they got him there. One of the sacks was a strip sack, but they recovered. It's. So you've watched the whole game up until this last minute or so. What are your impressions so far? I mean, it's there's not much, uh, much, uh, much unexpected stuff going on. I mean, we we knew that the depth isn't isn't great, and uh, we've seen only only depth players this pre uh, this preseason at all we we didn't see a lot of starters which was expected and uh, the results have been like we should have expected and um yeah um there is there are some positions where we can be a little bit more optimistic i think uh the death on the interior offensive line is good for a change, which is something something we haven't say, said in like I don't know how many years. Um, but otherwise, there are not many positions where the Vikings are deep, and it shows. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you there, but that's probably the case with most teams that <clears throat> depth across the board is lacking because there just isn't that many good players in the league. There's, you hope that the step down in depth, the guys behind are, you know, just barely a small step, but it generally doesn't happen. And you have big steps. We saw it today on the offense, the offense without that first line in there, it just, it was bad. Obviously, without Kirk Cousins, it was bad. 
Sean Mannion look like Sean Mannion. Kellen Mond looks like Kellen Mond. He'll give you a beautiful pass, you know, down the right side to ISM and float it in absolutely perfectly. And then he botches the next pass, rolling out to his left, missing the tight end, where there's three defenders there. And all he had to do was look off to his right, and he had open players. It's, it is what it is. The defense didn't look as sharp this week. I don't know. Uh, thanks, Matt. It does. I don't know if it's because when T.Y. McGill went out early with uh, ankle injury, I don't know if that was part of it. Uh, Troy Dye went out with a foot injury. Not Troy Dye actually was playing decently up until that point. But the, the whole second string defense didn't look good. Uh, Caleb Evans would overcommit and get caught out of position. It's just, you know, we didn't have Booth in there because he's out due to an injury. It just didn't look good. I look forward in two weeks to finally, finally see the ones work. On top of that, you had Kevin O'Connell on the offensive side and Ed Donatello on the defensive side calling the most vanilla of vanilla plays in their, in their playbooks that they could find. And where Denver was doing some stunts and stuff, the Vikings couldn't handle it. It was, it was bad. And John, yes, you are a hundred percent correct. Tackling was poor tonight. Was there uh, anything in particular that you focused on? What's your highlight of the game? Oh, my highlight. Um, I think Ty Chandler is one of the bright spots this preseason. That isn't particularly a hot take. I mean. Uh, Preseason is normally when the backup running backs tend to look good, but Ty Chandler, I think, uh, really made it almost impossible to cut uh, to cut him right now. And I'm I'm kind of interested to see what they are doing at that position because I I am not really willing to carry five running backs again because I don't think that's the way. Uh, this offensive system works, uh, but on the other hand, you probably won't be able to cut Wangu. You won't be able to cut Chandler, so you will have to carry four halfbacks or maybe trade Alexander Madison, which I don't think will happen, especially because you won't get much in return. I think uh, people are way too high on the returns they expect for uh, Alex Madison. Because even if a team out there views him as a starter, we have seen guys like Kenyon Drake being out there uh, after being cut. You're not getting much for much in return for running backs who aren't like the absolute uh, top of the position. And I mean, Madison at best is a borderline starter, so. What are they expecting? I think uh, the most you can expect is maybe a sick, probably a seventh round pick. You won't get more. And, um, and that's if even there's a market because, yeah, you know, by Tuesday, everybody and their brother's cutting players. 
And there's going to be a whole lot of available running backs. And the league has learned that, you know, you can take somebody with a possible future, put him in the right system, and he becomes productive. And so I don't, I don't think, I think we're keeping five backs. I think we're keeping Cook, obviously. I think Madison will be number two. Then Wang Wu and Chandler, because you're not going to give up Chandler. You're not, like you said, you're not going to give up Wang Wu. And you keep Ham because they plan on using Ham. So that's five backs. You got it. You're looking at Chandler and Wang Wu taking over next year in 2023 because Madison will be gone. He's at the end of his contract. And Cook is expendable. So there's possibly those two are going to be your one, two backs. And Chandler may win the number one back by then. Christopher Gates, Daily Norseman, proposed that hot take tonight that that is indeed what will happen. I like the way Chandler runs. He 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 moves well. He carries the ball well. Uh, he and uh, Wang Wu both are good kick returners. They're, they're not getting cut, period. So uh, Chandler did play well tonight. He's played well all preseason, and I agree with you on that highlight. Who's your low-light player of tonight? Oh, there's a lot you uh, you can pick. Um, I think early on it was Troy Dye again because he was out of position a lot. He missed tackles again. Um, one player who won't make the roster, which jumped off the screen in a negative way a lot, was... Uh, Mike Brown, the safety, number 37. Uh, like, if you see a safety a lot and always on the bad side of players, it's it's just a bad sign. And uh, Mike Brown was, like, out of position on literally every player I saw him on screen. And, uh, yeah, but he's not going to make the roster anyway. So, yeah, there, there wasn't much, uh, again... It was pretty much what I expected going into this game. It was there, there weren't any surprises. I mean, if you would point out one negative thing, it was that nobody of the guys who had to step up, besides maybe Zach Davidson, did step up. I mean, all of them just played what we've seen before, and nobody uh, really got his game like on like on a higher le- higher level which he should have had uh which they should have had to make the the team and uh yeah the only guy who stood out a little bit was Zach Davidson out of that group who needed a big game but even that was like okay some dump offs some nice moves after after the catch but Again, that's a lot of stuff that we all knew he is capable of doing. We didn't see a lot of the things where he struggled. And yeah, that's like the the most negative thing about this. There weren't any guys who showed anything new, anything po- more positive than we expected. And it kind of makes 
predicting the final roster easier because there are not many bottom of the roster guys who stood up and said, well, you can't get around me. It's right. just, yeah, the guys who played did play like we had to expect. I agree. Now, my highlight player of the game was Ryan Wart. That's hard to say together. Ryan Wright, the punter, number 66. He was just booming them. And he had some awesome punts. He had only one roll through into the end zone after he placed it on the five. And it was, he was just outstanding. The only thing I disagree with the NFL is they're going to make him change his number. I like seeing him in the number 66. But he had a good game. The, the absolute stinker of the game was Timon Paris. He got a oh, lot yeah. of reps at left tackle, and he just absolutely stunk it up. He will be cut without a doubt. He, I don't. He won't be offered a uh, can or a practice squad slot. I don't think. I think he's going to be next at you know Best Buy, telling people, "Hey, you can buy this computer or that phone over there." And it's unfortunate that dreams do come to an end here in the next few days for some of these players, actually a lot of them. So it's, he was bad. Uh, Matt Anderson asked about Ole Udo. Ole did okay, but he wasn't in there a whole lot of time. Uh, I, did, I did find it interesting that Jesse Davis started at right guard, and then I saw Jesse Davis at a different position later and not doing so well. Um it's, it is what it is. It's the preseason. So we now get to move two weeks into the future to face our arch rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Udo wasn't much better at right tackle either. Um, thank you, Brian. It's – we'll see. Uh, Mike says Vikings – Loves his Vikings forever. We feel that, Mike. Hope Mullins can do the backup because the other two suck. Yes, Mannion was Mannion and Mond was Mond. And it's quite possible that both of them get cut. We'll find out. No sacks. No sacks what, Freddie? Mond got sacked quite a few times. No sacks by the Vikings defense? Yes, it's... They look pathetic tonight. They couldn't tackle. Tackle was a, a hard thing for them tonight. We, you could count misses. And then angles were wrong. It's They're out of position. It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of drive on that defensive front. Could be T.Y. McGill was out, like I said, early on. But there was, there was nothing there. And as Jonah said, that gets into the depth. Now, thankfully, when somebody gets hurt, that doesn't mean the whole number two squad comes in. It means just one person comes in. So it won't be that bad. Yes, Freddie, Greg Joseph was great. That 58-yarder was a thing of beauty. And that is a bright spot out of this training camp, is Greg Joseph. He's just been absolutely nailed. I mean, as Vikings, you know, this 
this can go wrong. <laughs> the it's just a tease. <laughs> Wait till January. Yes. We know it has happened before, unfortunately. Uh, for those that don't know, the game has ended. The Vikings lost 23-13. to So uh, Kevin O'Connell in his first campaign preseason goes 0-3. Not that it means much because he didn't start any of the starters, except for more than a handful of plays. And that was generally in the first game. Scott, did Vikings learn anything not really anything not really defense sucks and the backup quarters backs aren't worth anything either? Yes. Joseph will be good. I thought ISM looked good. ISM did look good, and I liked him tonight on the punt returns. I wanted to see Naylor doing some punt returns, but it was all ISM, and he did a decent job tonight. Uh, Brian Mon to the practice squad. I don't know if he's going to get there. Brian, if we release him, if we waive him, but to be I'll, honest, I'm I'm willing to take that risk. I'm oh. absolutely willing to take that risk because I don't want to use a third roster spot for a quarterback of mm-hmm. any of those two because uh, none of them showed me that they belong on this roster and they need those roster spots for. They're wide receivers. They probably need them for the offensive line because I think they're going to carry 10 because the interior offensive line is so deep this time. Again, it's an an unusual thing to say for the Vikings, but if you assume that Ed Ingram is going to start and since he didn't play today, I'm pretty sure that he's going to start, um, then you have two veterans uh, on at guard behind them with uh, Chris Reed and Jesse Davis. And uh, although Reed played some center today, I think they're going to keep Schlotman uh, to have a halfway decent backup at center, which, again, it's... He's not, he's not a good uh, player. He's not a good starter, but he's... Okay, as a backup, I don't think there are many teams who have that much quality de- uh, depth in the interior offensive line around the league because it's generally a position where there isn't much depth, right. and you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to uh, keep those spots open for these guys. So carrying a third quarterback is probably not a good idea with this uh, with this roster and I already had like 26 offensive players in my uh, 53-man roster prediction without carrying three quarterbacks and yeah, I I just don't see a third spot there and because of that I if Mont gets picked up he gets picked up in waivers I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend I'm like that disappointed if that happens because uh I, I just don't think that there's much more in him than an average backup, which is okay. That's an okay outcome for a third quarterback. I think his highest possible ceiling. Yeah. And like that would be an okay outcome because I think people's expectations for day two quarterbacks are getting a bit too high. 
most of them end up as backups. And if Mon can at least grow into being an, uh, a halfway decent backup, that's good for him. That's He's not going to be a starter. I mean, I think we can say that right now. But um, yeah, I don't think he did enough to secure that third roster spot. And if he gets to the practice squad, great. Give him another year. But uh, if he gets picked up, it's okay. Well, and I think if we waive him, if he gets picked up and goes to another team, that's fine. If he clears waivers and then becomes eligible for a practice squad, he may select a different practice squad just because we cut him and he says may say, I want to go different place, restart, blah, blah, blah. So I think he's gone no matter what. We'll find out. Yes, we've got discussion here about needing good centers like we had in Jeff Christie and Matt Burke. I agree. Uh, Kirk Loudermilk back in the day. Expect that to be a focus next draft. I would expect it. I fully think they're going to move Sokol to the practice squad. He's a candidate and try to groom him. We shall see how that goes. But it may be one of those priorities along with quarterback in the 2023 draft. There's a go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think we see a move at center before the season. Um, if Bradbury again plays bad, we might see a move on the deadline. One of the guys I think could be a focus on those moves. I actually played against the Vikings today, which is Graham Glasgow, who uh, is on a fairly expensive deal with the Broncos, and he's not going to start. Probably because, uh, I mean, uh, Cushenberry is the starting center and he's currently listed as the backup left guard behind Dalton Reisner, who absolutely has his uh, spot locked. So as long as there are no injuries, I think the Broncos at least would listen to some offers. Although, uh, of course, they also want to have that uh, versatile depth, but... They could save like $3 million uh, if they move him and get some decent draft compensation. So they would at least listen. And for the Vikings, they wouldn't have to take on most of his salary this year. It would, again, be like uh, $3 million, I think, and uh, maybe even less. I'm not sure. Uh and next year they can just they can just cut him without any guarantees. Next year uh, Glasgow would have a cap it of like eleven million, so it's a no brainer. So if you want to have that bridge this year and then select a center relatively early next year, like Graham Glasgow would probably be the best case scenario you can get. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to John asked about J.C. Treader, whether the Vikings could patch things up. I think uh, Kwesi, knowing the whole situation with Treader, I don't think that's going to happen. There, You can go the conspiracy 
theory route that the league is blackballing him because he's the president of the players' union. That's possible, but I think it's more Quasi knows exactly what his knee looks like because of going through all that last year and just doesn't want to take that risk, even though he played every single game. I think the only reason his position at the NFLPA is a factor is because he just can't afford to take a bad contract. Like that's the only thing that influences this because uh, as the head of the NFLPA, he just, he just can't uh, be on the wrong end of a bad contract. Take a veteran man. And, yeah. Like something like that. Maybe some, uh, some injury si- per game signing bonus, like the Vikings used a lot this year. Um, like, those are things which uh, greatly benefit the team. And uh, I don't think as the head of the NFLPA, you want to be part of this. You want stuff like this out of your contract. So you as a player in this case can take such a contract. Also, uh, Tretter earned a lot of money throughout his career. So he probably also is not willing to put his health which already is uh, not in a great shape right now, uh, on a risk for, I don't know, like $2 million. Why would he? There's no reason for that. Like, every time I uh, read stuff about veteran players playing for a vet minimum because they are uh, they are free, still free agents, I'm like, no, they're not going to take such a deal. Like, uh, Players like this have earned their money. They uh, they are pretty sad. They don't have to do this again. So they will wait for the right opportunity. They will wait for the right offer. And that's what JC Tretter, if he is even willing to return out of his retirement, which he announced like a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. um, this is not stuff they are going to take. They are not just playing for pennies. It's not going to happen, even though they are free agents at this point. Mm-hmm. Freddie, from everything I read, uh, Irv Smith was practicing with the team this week, and he will definitely be ready for week one. Not to worry on that front. There's a... Uh, does anybody watching have any questions you want to f- to uh, put out there real quick? Because we will answer them. Like Freddie's question, to be an example. I can tell you what's coming up this week. Monday, we're going to have the Real Forno Show with Tyler Fornis. I'm sure he's going over this game. We may even have some cuts by then. He will be discussing it. We'll find out. We da ones, Jack. Is it just me, or does Mon seem really immobile for a guy who's supposedly mobile? The online wasn't good, but there was zero elusiveness. He has been described as a robot coming out of Texas A&M. Does what you see this season change that opinion of him. To me, he that's him. 
Does he have the ability to be more athletic? Absolutely. Does he? No. I just don't think he has the instincts, and that's in a lot of in a lot of ways. He also doesn't throw with a lot of anticipation. He's just a seer titted guy, which is the reason why he is late on a lot of this uh, timing stuff. And with the mobility and this stuff, it's the same. He at times he shows what he is capable of doing physically, but he just doesn't have the instincts to do it consistently and uh, and take the right decisions and uh, in every situation. And uh, he just he's just uh, making the wrong call a lot of times when he is forced to uh, to improvise. He just it's just not his game, despite his physical tools. Brian asks, eight or nine or O-line, eight or nine O-line on the final 53? Nine or ten. That was it's not, it's not going to be eight. Yeah, my answer was nine or ten. On mine, if you watched two old bloggers earlier today, I had nine on mine. And uh, yeah, some people were even wondering it could be ten. If you keep Ole Udo, it's going to be ten. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those tackles who are in danger because you still have Jesse Davis who has experience at tackle. Playing tackle. But, yeah. Yeah, but on the interior, you're going to have to keep uh, Chris Reed. You will ha- uh, keep Jesse Davis. And I'm pretty certain they're going to keep Schlappmann. So you have three interior backups and... Uh, yeah, I think you can go with uh, only one backup tackle because again, you have Jesse Davis, you have uh, you have um, uh, other Ezra Cleveland who has played tackle. So In there college, are yes. there are guys mm-hmm. there are guys who have that experience. So you can probably get by with just one backup at that position. So. Probably nine, maybe ten. Freddie asks, is Wyatt Davis making the 53? No. That's a big That's a real trick. Yeah. Nope. There's, there's some players, Freddie, that look great in college and then just don't get it in the NFL. Wyatt Davis happens to be one of those, unfortunately. And I, I think I'm... I was lower on him uh, coming out of college than many guys. Um, I had him, I, I'm not sure where I had him on my big board, but he wasn't in my top five uh, interior guys. And I didn't factor in injuries. So the fact that he got hurt at the end of the season wasn't wasn't a part of my evaluation. So uh, I, I was a bit... Uh, scared about his anchor. I uh, did see him lose a bit more often in pass protection than I wanted. And a lot of this didn't result in pressures because uh, either another guy got through earlier uh, because Myers, the guy who played next to him and is now center of the Packers, also didn't look very good in pass protection in college. But again, the Packers somehow have a lot of luck with offensive linemen. So, of course, he turned it around at least a bit. 
he's still struggling a bit with this, but uh, not as bad as White Davis was struggling. But um, yeah, there were some concerns with White Davis. I think one of my main concerns was that he's kind of a taller guard without the ideal length you would want if he is taller and he struggled to stay low at times, which uh, compromised his ankle. And um, yeah, we are seeing stuff like this again popping up on his Annabelle tape. And there were also reports that he wasn't in great shape. Of course, he was injured. But uh, I mean... There are two coaching staffs who uh, now passed on him despite being a relatively high draft pick. And um, he he's like the bottom guy on the depth chart right now. I mean, who is below him yeah, on, the tech, uh, on the guard position? Uh, I'd have like, to look, but I don't think there is anybody. John no. asks, why is Chris Boyd still on the roster and any hope he can be cut? John Chris has actually played well, and he's probably going to be your fifth corner. He's played, yeah. I shouldn't say well. He's played better than the rest of the corners below him. Yeah, he's, I think, the sixth corner who is coming in. Uh, he is below, uh, of course, Peterson, Dantzler, uh, Booth, Caleb Evans. Uh, then you have Sullivan in the slot, and Damn, Chris Boyd might get the sixth spot because he is a very good special teamer. And if you are like the sixth guy in your position, that last spot is going to the guy who's best on special teams. And that's Chris Boyd right now. So I do kind of expect him on the roster. Maybe he's the odd man out if they want to roster a second uh, pure slot guy. So there might be a little bit of question, but uh, as Nick slot. Yeah. They're going to move Nickerson one of the safeties down if they need it. Yeah. As Nickerson and Hairston both had pretty bad camps, pretty bad preseasons, I don't think they're going to make it. So they're going to run with the special team, and that's Boyd. Freddie asks, the Vikings are presently 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Are those fair odds in your opinion? Oh. I'm not big into betting, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, defer. <laughs> yeah, um, Freddie, I would think so. They're probably you're looking at Vegas views the team as a nine win, nine ish. Depends on the book, anywhere from eight and a half to nine and a half wins. That puts you right on the edge of the playoffs. Uh, they're they don't view it as a great possibility to win and go to the long way um so that sounds about right now if you take that bet if you have the confidence and we have one of those absolutely glorious seasons the first one in vikings history you'll make a mint i mean i think with if vegas puts the vikings at like nine a little bit over nine wins i might want to take the over because uh, the schedule might do the Vikings some favors because they don't face a lot of good quarterbacks. They don't face a lot of good pass defenses. So there are some factors playing for the Vikings in the regular season, but I'm not going to take any Super Bowl bets Mm -hmm. at this point. Brian asks, what does the depth look like at inside a linebacker? 
obviously we have uh, Eric Kendricks and uh, Hicks as our starters. Brian Asamoah is probably number three, but who's behind him and how many do you keep? Four. I am, I'm going to keep four guys. I don't think there are any more guys uh, worth uh, rostering. And I struggle even keeping Troy Dye on the roster, but he's just that fourth guy who is going to make it because you're going to have to roster a fourth guy. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I think Brian Asamoah had his moments, but I think he hit his floor today. He got stuck on uh, on blocks too long on multiple mm-hmm. occasions. Um, but obviously he is the number three guy and uh, I think he has a lot of poten- uh, potential going forward, but he is not going to play a lot this year. I hope uh, Higgs and Kendricks can stay healthy because death behind that just doesn't look good. Right. And I had... Uh, I had I on my fifty three cut die, but kept Lynch um, for that fourth spot. But there's they're going to keep four no matter what. Joseph asked, did Jalen Twyman play himself off the fifty three? I think so, but that's me. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he ever had a time where he was in. I think he was practice quad bond pretty much from the get go. You could argue to keep him if T.Y. McGill didn't wouldn't have had that that kind of preseason that he had, uh, because McGill is already thirty years old. So if he didn't play that good, he he probably would be the guy out because of the age. But since he was one of the few guys who really stepped out uh, stepped up this. Uh, this preseason, I think uh, he's pretty much locked to make this roster. And uh, you also have Bullard, who will make it, and uh, Armand Watts. And I think Lynch is the sixth guy who's going to make it, who is the only uh, interior defensive lineman who's going to make the roster who did play today. Uh, the other guys all set out. Bullard was out. uh Watts was out, so it's not it's not uh, surprising that the interior defensive line looked bad, especially since T.Y. McGill uh, went out early. So you just basically had a collection of guys who who are not going to make this roster. Um, hello, Ted and uh, T. Kubler. I start this as the remark of the day. I like Ryan Wright as Pump Odin. Two, that is a brilliant nickname. Let's make this work. Well, that's all the questions as of now. Ted Yatroy died you. I got you. He uh, did that to quite a few of us. What we've got ahead, like I said, tomorrow we have Tyler Fornis and the Real Forno Show. Joseph coming with one last question. Do you think Zach Davis Davidson played his way onto the 53-man roster? I'll let you answer that, Jonas. Mm, uh, I'm not sure if this was enough today. I think he gave himself enough of a shot to not just rule him out today immediately because uh, 
I probably would have ruled it out before the game, but I still think it's less than 50% of the chance. Um, I think, uh, of course, uh, Smith is the number one. Johnny Munt was always going to be that number two guy. And uh, I think you're going to keep Ellison because he is such a good run blocker. And uh, I don't think Zach Davidson at this point gives you enough to... Uh, to get Ellison out because of all the mistakes he made uh, earlier this camp, this preseason, all the drops he had. There's still too many holes in his game to uh, just put him in over a capable uh, run blocker like Ellison. I agree with you. They keep three. I hope Nick Muse makes the practice squad. So let's see. Thanks, Terry. On Tuesday, we've got Tanishka Maskar. She will be joining me for a Vikings Daily Sit Rep as we go over the cuts. The player cuts. That will be a longer show than the last two, but we will go over that. Wednesday, we have Vikings Happy Hour. And then next Saturday, at the regular time, we should have two old bloggers to discuss all of that that happened this week. Well, guys, we went 0-3 in the preseason. It shouldn't really mean much. We've got real football coming up in two weeks. We can't wait. Have you got anything else to say there, Jonas? Uh, no, not really right now. It's getting uh, – the light is getting out today. The sun is getting up. <laughs> it's going to yeah, be a beautiful day in Germany. This Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to uh, drive to game uh, like one hour because I am part of the uh, officiating crew today. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun, but I'm going to uh, be able to get like two or three hours of sleep before I, uh, before I have to get out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to... Uh, again see NFL football back uh, and as the football season in Germany comes to an end right now because it's summer season uh, the American football season is beginning so it's it's just uh, the good thing about uh, being in Germany is you have football like the whole year it's uh, NFL in the winter and college football of course and then as soon as that ends you just uh you just have football right on your doorsteps, although it's on a much, 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 much lower level. Mm-hmm. Ted wants to know where in Germany you're from because he goes over there Ooh. one, two, three, four times uh, a year. It's uh, near Dortmund, uh, that region. It's uh, My home city is called Witten, uh, which is not very well known despite the fact that it's it has like oh, 100,000 citizens, but since it's uh, between like Dortmund, Bochum, uh, Essen, and bigger cities, it's just not very well known. It's, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Joseph says, time for eggs and schnitzel. That does sound good. Um, too evil to hope. Time to trade for Jordan Love. I... 
He's got green and gold paint all over him. With that, what do we say? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. This has been a Climbing the Pocket and SB Nation's Daily Norseman broadcast. Skull, everybody.